Welcome to ECP Viewpoints, a podcast from Cooper Vision, where we're bringing better vision to the world. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this first episode of the ECP Viewpoints podcast from Cooper Vision. I'm Dr. Jennifer Palambi, and I'm the Senior Manager of Professional Education and Development here at Cooper Vision. Uh, Today's topic is unique ways to enhance the patient experience. And I'm really happy to be joined by two of the 2021 Best Practices honorees for this conversation, Dr. Nicolette Scott and Dr. Brian Heitmeyer. Um, Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. By way of background for some of our guests, I would just like to take a moment to introduce the two of you, and I will begin, Dr. Scott, with you. Um, So Dr. Nicolette Scott graduated from The Ohio State University College of Optometry in 2001 and founded Broadview Eye Center in November of 2002. Dr. Scott enjoys practicing all aspects of optometry but has a very special interest in pediatrics. She received her fellowship from the College of Optometrists in Vision Development to further her passion. And Dr. Scott is great with kids and was even a teacher for two years before going back to school to be an optometrist. Dr. Scott is an active participant in the PTO at St. Mary's School in Berea, where her two children, Andy and Libby, attend, and is also a board member of the Berea Chamber of Commerce. Her husband, Alan, is a paramedic and firefighter for the city of Berea, where he and Nicolette have lived for the last 15 years. Dr. Heitmeyer performed his undergraduate studies at The Ohio State University and went on to receive his Doctor of Optometry from the College of Optometry there. He was recognized while he was there with an award for patient care excellence. He's completed several external rotations focused on ocular disease and surgical co-management. He is a dry eye specialist and frequently lectures and trains other doctors on that topic. Prior to co-founding Clearview Vision Center, Dr. Heitmeyer worked at Lomas Eye Care Center, where he co-managed over 4,000 LASIK and cataract patients. He actively volunteers time providing eye care to underprivileged individuals and has participated in humanitarian missions to both Honduras and El Salvador. He also regularly volunteers time at the Millionaire Club, providing free eye care for the working homeless of Seattle. So welcome, both of you. I'm so excited to have you here as a part of this conversation. I, too, am a graduate of the Ohio State University College of Optometry, so I'm especially excited to be kicking this off with a couple of fellow Buckeyes. So welcome again to both of you. But as I said at the outset, our topic today is unique ways to enhance the patient experience. And it's my understanding that both of you have taken really intentional and unique approaches to creating a very unique experience for the patients that come to your practices. So I'm really excited to dive into talking about those today. If we could begin and kind of kick things off by almost taking a historic look at the topic. Um, You've both been in practice now for more than a decade. And so I know that you've experienced firsthand how patient expectations for what they want their eye care experience to look like has really evolved even in that time. So I'd love to hear this from both of you. Uh, What would you say has been the most significant change that you've noticed in the expected patient experience now versus even when you started in practice? Like I say, I'd love to hear from both of you. Dr. Heitmeyer, could we begin with you? You know, I think we've become accustomed to the convenience and instant gratification of things like Amazon and some of the other online retailers. And so I think expectations of patients um, are along those lines. And so 
we need to find new and creative ways to be able to deliver care and service and sort of meet those high expectations that patients have. Um, and particularly, I think with the pandemic, I think that mindset has really accelerated as well, too, as a lot of people have looked for online grocery delivery, Amazon to sort of satisfy some of the things that they do on a regular basis. Absolutely. My husband asked me recently if there's ever a day that Amazon doesn't come to our house. And I told him I don't think there is anymore. So I know what you mean. How about you, Dr. Scott? What have you noticed? I think patients expect their doctor to be more accessible than we used to be. So whether it's being able to get a hold of them if they have a question or after hours, uh, I've noticed that. Absolutely. And, you know, you really both bring up a great point, and that is that consumers really do have so much more control now and such a stronger opinion, I think, now over their buying experiences, what that should look like, what the convenience factor should be, to your point, Nicolette, what the um, accessibility factor should be. And I think that is certainly thanks to, you know, advances in technology um, and certainly the way the pandemic has influenced buyer behavior and kind of tends to skew us towards, just as you said, Dr. Heitmeyer, the digital and home delivery options. So they really do have more options than ever. What do you see as your greatest challenges in, in dealing with the demands and the expectations of patients now? Dr. Scott, could we start with you? I think just constant educating them about the value of coming to our practice versus just shopping around for the cheapest price because uh, we're not the cheapest and we don't try to be. And patients are okay spending a little bit more as long as they know the value that they're getting. But when they don't know that, then they go to price right away. And so it's, it's just constant educating the patient about what we offer above and beyond somebody who's going to be a little bit less expensive. Yeah, I agree. I think it was you um, that I saw in some of our preparation for this that had, it was such a great quote, and I'm sure I'll get it wrong, but it was something along the lines of, you know, price isn't the big issue unless you make it the big issue. Um, Yeah, and it's a great point. What about you, Dr. Heitmeyer? What do you think are the greatest challenges in dealing with modern expectations around the eye care experience? Yeah, I think I agree with Nicolette as well, too. I think patients in general want to do business with you. You just need to give them a reason to. And and as she said, you know, if they don't know what you, what you do is different or how you do things is different, they automatically just go to price shopping. So I think, you know, along with what she said, educating the patients about the, the value of the things that we offer, product services, um, knowing that we'll always have their back if something happens, there's someone they can come to rather than when they go to an internet provider where there's not really someone to talk to or someone that you can sort of drop by if, if an issue arises. I think those are the things that we still have a competitive advantage versus some of the online retailers that can't offer that same level of care and service. Yeah, it's a key term that you've both brought up, and that's value and communicating that added value that being in a practice like yours extends to the patient. And and it really is a communication effort. So I know that even beyond, you know, the the actual buying experience, both of you have have kind of thought outside of the box, if you will, in terms of what your patient experience looks like once they're in the office. And Nicolette, I'm told that you have a very unique way of customizing the patient experience at your office, and it, it, it ties into a, to a personality conversation almost. Could you tell us a little about a bit about that and how it works? Back in 2018, we hired a business coach because we were having a culture problem. 
And part of his approach is um, he had everyone in the office take a personality test. We took the DISC assessment. There's lots of them. Myers-Briggs is another one. And then, you know, once we all learned really about our personalities, it was much easier to relate to each other. Um, you're much more tolerant of your coworkers' annoying quirks. And you realize, well, they're not just doing that to make me mad. That's just how they're wired. And then we took it one step further and started applying that to re being able to read your patient. And so now every employee takes a DISC assessment and we do a training in how to read other people. And, you know, we've all heard the golden rule, uh, treat others as you want to be treated. But we actually take a different approach. We want to treat others the way they want to be treated. And it depends on what their personality type is. Absolutely. It's a subtle distinction, but an important one. And I actually love that take on the golden rule and <laughs> do unto others as they want you to do. Um, and we've done the DISC profiles as well in our environment. And I agree, they can offer such an aha moment, don't they? Um, for, for how we interact and communicate with each other. I think that's so neat. Dr. Heitmeyer, so your approach to the patient experience is a little bit different. different. I know at your practice, you're really focused on convenience for your patients. And I think we touched on that a little bit as we were talking about what some of those challenges are. But could you kind of share with us some of the efforts that you've made on that front? Yeah, I think being located in the Seattle area, people are very tech savvy. And surprisingly, even our senior patients are very tech savvy as well, too. So I think a lot of people like the convenience of being able to schedule their appointments online. So that's something that we adapted very early. Our schedule is live, so it's constantly refreshing and presenting patients with true live appointments rather than it being an appointment request and then we need to call them back. So that's been a very convenient feature that patients definitely have taken uh, advantage of. Um, online contact lens ordering and text reminders for patients to reorder their contact lenses has also been um, a very popular service that we offer, particularly during the pandemic. And it's, it's very fascinating to see consumer patterns, right? So the orders come in at nine o'clock at night, midnight, the times that we're not really there for patients, but they realize, oh my gosh, I'm on my you know last set of contacts, I need to order those. And those aren't times when we're there, but conveniently we have the interface or the platform to be able to service those patients. Uh, this past uh, year, I believe we also launched being able to text patients and receive text uh, from patients as well too to our main line. So during the office hours, uh, we're able to respond to texts. Um, we find that oftentimes calls were going unanswered, uh, voicemail boxes weren't set up, they were full. Uh, but when we text patients, a lot of times we get very timely responses. So we found that to be uh, a very successful feature that patients love as well too. Yeah, that's fantastic. And e even something as simple as that online contact lens ordering. And I loved your example. It was rather validating when we did that in my practice in the years I was in practice. I think part of my actual speech to the patient was, you know, if you're like me, it's 10 o'clock at night when it occurs to you that you need these things. I get it here, log in here, you know, and um, it was very well received. So yeah, I, I think that those convenience features are such a big deal to consumers today that it's just nice to have it sort of presented to you without even having to ask. That's amazing. For both of you, you know, staff is such an important element, of course, of our patient experiences. We, you know, as the doctor have that time in the exam room where we're looking, we're diagnosing, we're discussing treatment options and all of that. Um, but so much of the rest of their experience, of course, is spent with the staff. So, um, you know, Nicolette, I think you probably touched on this somewhat in just that you, you've given your staff some in-depth training even in how to read and understand those patients. 
But what overall role or what additional roles do your staff play in helping to ensure that those patients have that exceptional experience from the moment they come in till the moment they leave or even beyond? Yeah, so it starts at the front desk uh, when the patient checks in and the receptionist will kind of give everybody else sort of a heads up, especially if it's somebody who's got, you know, an extreme personality. This person is very type A, you know, wants to be in and out, doesn't want to chit chat, or maybe this person is very detail oriented. So make sure you explain everything, give them a written copy if if possible, things like that. Uh, And then just as the patient moves throughout the office, then we're all on the same page. Yeah. So it's almost as if every patient has, I don't want to say a different experience, because I mean, of course, standards of care are what they are, but you tailor the conversation, the approach and so forth to your understanding then of what you're seeing from that person. Right? Very much. And my, my receptionist, she's been with us now for almost five years. And so it's helpful because she know she's getting to know everybody very well. So she knows people when they come in, that helps. <laughs> that little heads up. Do you ever find yourself going the extra step in, okay, we know that the high C and the high I aren't necessarily going to end kind of directing different staff members to the right personality type, or is that not? Oh, absolutely. So when I come out of the exam room with the patient, we try to do a handoff to the optician, and I'll reiterate everything that I said in the exam room, all of my recommendations. And I already know when I come out, which optician is going to be the best fit for a patient. Mm -hmm. So we do try to match personality types in the dispensary. I love that. It really does carry through start to finish. That's fantastic. What about you, Brian? What do you um what do you do differently or how do the staff, I guess, follow through in your patient experience there? It's never definitely critical. They're the first and last impression patients have. And I could be the most amazing doctor or give the most amazing exam, but at the end of the day, if something really bad happened at the beginning or things went off the rails at the end, that's the the lasting impression that the patient has. So, you know, we do our best to as Nicolette had mentioned, do handoffs. Um, we try. We definitely have patients who have been with us for years. Unfortunately, uh, several staff members that have been with us for years, and a lot of them have connections or specifically want to work with a particular staff member. So we try to honor those requests whenever we can. Um, or uh, to Nicolette's point, if there's a particular personality and you know they're just going to hit it off splendidly with a particular optician, uh, we'll certainly try to grab those folks and, and pair them up, knowing that the experience probably will be very good for the patient as well, too. And we just do our best to remind staff, put yourself in the shoes of the patient, right? How would you like an issue to be resolved? So if a patient comes with an issue and we've obviously made a mistake, we're, we're not perfect, although we try to do our best, what are we going to do to make lemonade out of, of lemons? And always put yourself in that patient's shoes and let's try to do what's best for the patient, even if we're not winning, um, because at the end of the day, allowing the patient to win, making them feel like they've been taken care of really is going to leave them with a lasting impression, hopefully have them continue to come back and see us. Absolutely. And so then taking that a step further, so we've talked quite a lot about what the patient experience looks like once they're in your office and the way that you kind of bob and weave and adapt to make that feel custom to each patient. So what does it look like then in terms of attracting new patients to the practice? Have either of you done any kind of innovative or found something that's particularly successful in terms of attracting new patients to the practice? Brian, could we start with you? We've been pretty fortunate. We've had a very good word of mouth referral system. So that's one piece. Um, we're located in an area that has a lot of industries. So Boeing, 
Blue Origin, Starbucks Roasting Facility. There's some other manufacturing facilities as well, too. Uh, so we certainly proactively reached out to those companies that they've got health and safety programs or have needs for safety eyewear. So we tried to sort of engage with their HR departments to be involved in that. And so that's, I think, helped us grow new patients' visits to the office um, because they're then aware that we're close by the office. And a lot of times, although patients may not be located or live near we are, they work close by and they like the convenience of just being able to sort of sneak out during their lunch break or after work. So I would say that's one way we've attracted new patients. We'll definitely keep those Starbucks employees happy and seeing well. That has a trickle-down effect for all of us. <laughs> How about you, Nicolette? Yeah, so we have four locations, and two of the four we started from scratch, which is really challenging. And we've found that the best way to get new patients is to just be very involved in the community. And that's one of our core values is community. So we do a lot of charity, sponsoring Little League teams participating in community events. And that that's for us has been the best way at getting new patients. Yeah, I mean, it really speaks to partnership with the community, doesn't it above and beyond, um, you know, the fundamentals of the care, but that that just being a big part, you know, of the community you're in, I see that. Yeah. Do either of you do anything? What does communication then look like with your patients um, throughout the rest of the year? Are there additional touch points or any other uh, we've talked a lot about text and, and electronic communications. So do you keep that relationship kind of ongoing through additional communication or other things through the rest of the year? Brian's already heard this, but before COVID, I would send out a newsletter. I was always afraid of being annoying. So I would send out a newsletter maybe quarterly. And then during COVID, we really wanted to stay top of mind and relevant to the patient. So I upped it to every two to four weeks. I would send out something and, and I've maintained that. So that's how often I, I send out newsletters and I, I try to mix it up. Some are just with new clinical, you know, innovations, new products. Some are happenings in their community. Some are promotions that we're doing. Um, some are just employee spotlights. So a little uh, blurb about one of the employees. So just different things. Yeah, I would say we're similar to Nicolette, maybe not with the same frequency. I would say about monthly, we put out a newsletter, similar content to what Nicolette had mentioned as well, too. Um, we also try to do Facebook posts, Instagram posts. It's something we could be better at in terms of consistency. Uh, but those are ways that we definitely try to reach out proactively to patients. That's fantastic. Yeah. And something as simple as a Facebook post can just kind of remind them of that relationship, doesn't it, throughout the year? Well, I think that's about all we have time for here today. I want to thank you both so much for this conversation and for the insights and kind of sharing those sort of unique approaches that you've both taken that have helped you be successful, that have brought you to the attention of the 2021 best practices and earned you that honor. Congratulations again to both of you for that. But it's really been a pleasure, truly, to talk to both of you. And I'm looking forward to our next opportunity to connect. Thanks. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. 